Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Up Your Confidence podcast. This will be a podcast conversation for and by women to equip, empower, and elevate us to up your confidence every day to live our God-given potential. And now, here is your host. Welcome everyone. I'm excited to be here today. Welcome to the Up Your Confidence podcast uh, where we teach you how to equip, empower, and elevate you to up your confidence every day. And today I'm excited for another episode with um, my friend Julie Brown there, and we're going to be talking about network and confidence. So let me tell you a little bit about Julie. Julie is a sought after speaker, networking expert, business strategy, author of uh, This Shaped Work, a no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventure, and more success, as well as uh, the podcast. She's also the host of the podcast, That Shaped Work podcast, dedicated to all things business and entrepreneurship. Julie advice and tips strike the perfect balance of humor and expertise gained from more than 20 years of networking and mentoring and self-advocacy. So Julie, welcome to the Up Your Confidence podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us from uh, the beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, right. so. It's beautiful today, not every day. <laughs> yes. So we decided to have you here. And uh, I always like to start uh, to share how I meet my guests. And you and I met um, almost uh, 18 months ago in our mm-hmm. podcast uh, masterclass uh, group. And we've been connected since then. And uh, I do follow you on social media and you share a lot of great, great nuggets. So I'm so excited to have you here today so we can have this conversation because um, we're doing a, a series called um, How to Enhance and Develop Your Confidence. And for me, I feel like networking is a piece that is super important as part of that, you know, as just your personal development, because, I mean, you don't get anywhere just by yourself. So right. tell me, how did you get into networking? Because that's kind of like, like an area that is very niche. Well, it's true because nobody goes to college for a bachelor's degree in networking. So almost have to discover it in the course of doing your career, in the course of doing your job. So I originally started out working, doing marketing in a large corporation here in Boston and discovered that I wasn't good behind the screen, that I liked going to events and meeting people and being part of organizations and helping my company with information that I gathered, you know, from my relationships. So about um, seven years in my, into my career, I switched from marketing into business development and business development. It, you know, you can call it whatever you can call it business development. You can call it client relations. You can call it whatever you want, but it is like, it's, it's lead generations based on information and relationships. So I've been doing this full time since 2006 and 
in 2016, I started my own company to do it as a consultant. Nice. Nice. And uh, I know we were talking before we got on here, you are a, ve- a very sought after speaker. So you go on different conferences and talk about, um, so why do you think people get to hire you to come speak? And what do you talk about at the conferences for those, those of us that doesn't have a chance to be at those conferences? Well, so what I talk about is networking and relationship building. Um, as it pertains to our relationships, our personal relationships and our work relationships. Because for me, I don't bifurcate my life into work friends and like real friends. Like you're my friend, you're my friend. Doesn't matter how I met you. So when I'm talking to, as a keynote, so the one important aspect is all business owners, like the world over understands that the value of their relationships and the strengths of their relationships impact their bottom line. However, only 26% of companies have a strategic plan to build and maintain relationships. Like if we know that relationships affect our bottom line, help us be more successful from a personal standpoint and from a large corporation standpoint, like why aren't, why don't we have a strategy around empowering everybody in the company to build a network and to build relationships? Yeah. And uh, you just mentioned something that I want to go back to that you personally, because I want our listener to just listen to that this is like you're gonna be dropping some nuggets and I want to make sure that you know they grab it because Julie can drop it drop it drop it super fast so you just say something that I feel like it's important that you don't categorize your friend as your personal friend and network friend for me that's a mistake that I I think I've made in the past and when you just say that I realize that a lot of people have made that mistake so can you uh, uh, focus on that a little bit why well, I think it all harks back to this idea that we were we are supposed to achieve a level of work-life balance. And mm. it's total shite. Okay. Like <laughs> it, how could you possibly take the scales of your life, work on one side and life on the other and expect them to constantly be in balance? Like that's a fallacy. There's no way that you can separate your personal self and your life from your work and also that your work won't creep into your life at some point. So, and the reason I feel like the reason why we feel like we have to separate and silo our friendships is because of this idea that there's work and there's life and there's this like curtain in between and we're not supposed, like there's not supposed to be any breeze between the curtains. So that's why we categorize people as work friends or friends, or friends, friends. And somehow the work friends are deemed like not as important or not as strong or not as influential. And it's totally, it's just, we need to realize that networking, relationship building, it, that's what it is. It's just building relationships. So the people at, in our office, our colleagues, the people in our network, those friendships should be as strong as the ones we build with our, with our friends outside of work. Um, you cannot help your best friend's husband with his career if you don't know what he does for a living. And if I ask a group full of men and women, you know, do you know what your best friend's wife does for a living or your best friend's husband does for a living? Half the people will say no. We are missing opportunities to be a referral source for our 
our closest friends because we don't talk about business with them. Right. Just the same way that we feel like we can't talk about like life with our work friends. We have to start stripping that all away. The people you meet will change your life. Networking is how you meet those people, but it's all relationship building. Right. Yes. So that tweet that the people we meet will change your life. Full stop. Because I think <laughs> once you take that in, it doesn't matter who you meet. And I love it. Uh, I, you you post something just this week and it made me reflect on how you met your husband, right? And I was thinking the same, that the way that I met my husband was not the typical way. I met him kind of like a networking event in a setting that is not normal. And then we we saw ourselves in, at a wedding and then we connected from there, you know? But yep. so when I read that, I really felt like, it really changed my perspective of, you know, how do, how, what is networking? Because usually we compartmentalize networking and say, okay, okay, now I'm going to put my suit on, you know, or whatever, my stiletto and go to this networking event, right? While you can just meet somebody at the grocery store and that's just networking. So um, can you give us, you know, can you tell us the reason why networking is super hard? What is, can we debunk? Like yeah. why is networking super hard? Well, because there's been this kind of crappy idea about what networking has been. And it's like, you know, when we didn't have social media, we didn't have all these ways of connecting. You would go to a networking event. Your boss would be like, go to a networking event, give out all your business cards, come back with something like that doesn't work. Number one, you don't you very rarely go to a networking event and then come back with a bird in hand like that's not the way it works. It takes time. People do business with and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. So it takes time to grow that, to grow that relationship. And so we think we're supposed to go to networking events, hand out our business cards to anybody who will take them. And then suddenly like work's just going to come back to us. That's not the way it works. I always say like, go to a networking event and focus on meeting one or two people and having a really human-centric conversation with that person, start getting to know that person, not just what they do, but who they are. You know, in America, we're so consumed with identifying ourselves as our profession oh, that yes. we ignore all of the um, um, other amazing things that make us who we are. And in America, we ask, first thing we ask when we meet somebody is, oh, what do you do? Yes. In Europe, the, the way they enter that conversation is who are you? So I like to tell people, go into networking events, not with the question of, of what do you do, but with the question of who are you? Because that is the way we're going to build relationships. That's the way we're going to get to know, like, and trust, finding commonality, having a reason to want to work together because you really like each other and you really trust each other. So there's just been this horrible thing that has been given to people that you're supposed to go to networking events and come back with something immediately. And it puts a lot of pressure on it and it makes people inauthentic in their approach to meeting people. Yes. Yes. Thousand time. Yes. I have a lot of, uh, a lot of follow-up question, but um, mm -hmm. when you mention, um, don't just go and ask people, because let's talk about small talk. Because I hate small talk. That's just my nature. You know, I hate the, ah, why is the weather and oh. all that. I don't like small talk if I don't know you, you know, if I know you, it's a good way because I care about you. So 
how do we deal with this you know so i i like your your your, your little tip that you just gave right now say so go to a networking event and meet one person and trying to expand and that's how i usually and i've always thought that i was doing it wrong because the way typically the specters you know when they throw us because i used to go to a lot of conference early in my career and i'll go and then maybe when i'm sharing notes with my other team member they have met like a slew of people and i just have like two or three guys that i met that we had a long conversation so yeah. what you just say now gave me good validation that you know i was doing the right thing because that's what worked for my personality yeah. so because i'm an introvert by nature i show up an extrovert just because that's what society expects you to do sometimes but tell us a little bit what is the difference be- between an introvert and extrovert and what can we do when we go in out there to network? Sure. So there's actually really no 100% extroverts and 100% introverts. We all fall along this ambivert spectrum right. and we can go back and forth depending on our energy levels and how we feel and how we, how prepared we are for an event, but we all fall sort of in this ambivert spectrum. Now, yes, I 100% lean towards the extrovert side of the ambivert spectrum and other people lend towards the introvert side of the ambivert spectrum. The the real disservice that's been done to introverts is that they've been fed this idea that there's something wrong with them. Like there's no books for extroverts that are like, hey, extroverts, learn how to shut up and listen. But there's all these books for (laughs) introverts that say, oh, like, networking for introverts, how to come out of your shell, like all this stuff, like, like there's something inherently wrong with being introverted. And there's absolutely nothing inherently wrong being introverted. Introverted introverts do very well at the number one tool for networking, which is listening. Yes. Amen to that. (laughs) So I, I think extroverts have to like, like lose that societal thing that they're going to be bad at something. Listen, Introvert versus extrovert is about where we get our energy from. And I get my energy walking into a crowded room and talking to strangers. That gives me energy. That will deplete the energy of an an introvert. So an introvert needs to attack a networking event with a full battery. Now, also, one thing that people don't understand about networking is how you should be really prepared for every networking event. You shouldn't walk into a networking event saying, I got this. I'm an extrovert. Like I can talk to, I can talk to fire hydrant for 10 minutes. Like that's not how you go into a networking event. You have to be prepared to say, okay, I wonder who's going to be here. Can I get an attendee last list in ahead of time? Are there people I can reach out to ahead of time to say, Hey, I saw you were going. Can't wait to see you at the event. Like do a little prep before each event. And then when you go into that networking event, have a goal have a goal for, I'm all, I want to meet two people and have a really good conversation um, with those two people. And the reason why this is, and why I say two people and not, oh, go meet 10 people is because going to a networking event and having that initial conversation is like the nucleus of a relationship. And everything that happens afterwards lies in the follow-up. So 80% of building and maintaining relationships is just in following up. And if you have some rando conversations with 25 people and you get back to your desk the next day and you don't remember what you talked about, it was all superficial, like you cannot follow up effectively. So if you go to a networking event once a week 
once a week and you meet two people and you follow up thoughtfully and effectively with those two people, by the end of the year, you'll have 104 new relationships. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's super powerful. But everybody thinks they're supposed to do it all in like one or two events. This is this is a long journey we're going to be taking with people. Building relationships is a long journey and you can't do it all at once because you'll never be effective doing it. Oh, love it. So a couple of things that I want to highlight. You mentioned, because I knew about the follow-up and I was going to ask about that, but you mentioned about the preparation. Yep. So in, I love that because that, that's the first time I'm hearing it. So in preparing, just like anything, you know, you don't just show up at a speech without preparing, you know, what you're going to talk about. So I love the idea that you want to prepare and focus a little bit of your energy on that. Now in the follow-up, let's talk a lot about the follow-up because I think that's where it's like a deadly scene, right? And nobody teach you that because everybody just say, go, go, go. And yep. There's no rapport building. There's nothing to follow up. So what is the best way to follow up? How are we following up? What is the best way to follow up so we can build up on that relationship? So hopefully when you have when you meet somebody, you're having a conversation that is based on that. Who are you versus what do you do? Yeah, of course, you're going to at some point in that conversation, you're going to get to, oh, and what do you do? But if you're having this conversation and you're hitting on multiple things that you have in common, I created this thing a few years ago called the list yourself approach. And it's literally like walking into an event with a list of all of the things that you could might have in common with somebody else. So like for me, it's like my list is I'm a wife. I'm a dog mom. I have two rescue dogs. I'm a skier. I'm a marathon runner. I'm a mountain biker. I'm a wine lover. I'm a world traveler. I'm a true crime podcast junkie. Oh, you are. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We can talk about that later. And uh, and like any Netflix shows I'm binging, what books I'm reading, like all of that. Because those, what you do with that list is you make this thing called dopamine-inducing questions. So Ooh. dopamine is a neurotransmitter in our brains. It's in the pleasure center of our brain. It helps us with human connection when we have dopamine spikes. And you asking the right questions. And this is great for extrovert, um, introverts, because you can just ask a really great question and sit back and listen. So if you ask dopamine inducing questions, you can elicit a dopamine response in the person that you're talking to. And that is where you have these conversations where you're like, oh my God, me too. Oh yeah, me too. You know, that kind of thing. Like that's when you're like, oh my God, I love this person. I need to learn more about this person. Yes. So Creating those dopamine inducing conversations is what will make you be able to have easy follow up. So the next day, so if it's a morning event, go back to your desk at lunchtime and say, it was so great meeting you at this event. I loved talking about this and this and this. I can't wait to learn more about it. Let's grab a coffee. Do any of the times below work for you? And we all have our own calendar links or you, so you can send a calendar link. Go to this calendar link and pick a time that works for you. The, the really important thing is that we have something to follow up with that is exciting to talk about and we give them an action item. We make sure that that next meeting gets on the books because again, we have to build this relationship bit by bit and we can't do it if we're just waiting to see them at the next event in three months. Yes, 
I, I love it. And I, I had a follow-up question regarding to that because when you, uh, let's talk about introduction, you know, because you can meet somebody, you guys are talking and I love the dop- dopamine uh, related question because that, that, that's like a perfect way to put it. It's really get you excited. So how do you walk with the follow-up? Let's say for instance, the person share with you that, oh, you might be great to talk to this person, right? So now how are you weaving the introduction and how do you manage those introductions? Because the person that they're going to be introducing you to is not somebody that you know. So you really rely on their relation. So can you explain that dynamic a little bit? Yeah. So a couple of things about making strategic introductions. What I do is I if I'm making the introduction, I always, to somebody in my network, so I meet somebody who wants to meet somebody in my network, I reach out to that person and ask if it's okay. Okay. Because I I believe in the power of strategic introductions. They have changed my life. They are a form of networking. And, but I don't want to blindside anybody with an introduction that they, you know, that they really don't want, or maybe they know that person, you, you never know. So I always ask, is it okay if I make this introduction? I met this person last night. She is amazing. You have all of these things in common. And I think you guys, it would be great if you met and knew each other. Can I make that introduction? So that serves two purposes. One, it shows respect for the person in my network that I'm not like, oh, hey, here's here's Jill. Hope you guys you know can get together. Like it shows res- I respect their time. I respect my relationship to ask if it's okay. But it also primes their relationship. When I tell that person, this is why, this is why you guys should know each other. She does this. You have all this in common, blah, blah, blah. It primes that relationship. There's this thing in social network theory called triadic closure. And triadic closure means if you are introduced to somebody you don't know by somebody, you know, that you have a mutual friend, you a friendship, your relationship will grow at a faster rate. It's kind of like the friends of my friends of my friends thing. We trust our friends. So of course, oh my God, you're friends with Julie. Then of course we should be friends. Like that's how those strategic introductions should work. And that's how they're most effective. Awesome. So I think I'm doing it right. Cause I work with a lot of, um, I mentor a lot of entrepreneurs. So when I'm talking to them, I realize that, you know, that would be perfect to talk to this other, you know, founder or some, somebody in the tech space. And I, that's usually how I do it. So let's talk about social networking. Cause um, earlier we were talking about don't categorize your friend, your work friend versus your, your social friend. But now we have platform, right? So we have the LinkedIn, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. So Tell us, because I have my theory, but now that you debunk the theory earlier and say, don't categorize your friend. I'm curious, how do we categorize our friend in the different right. social network? So I go by the vibe of the platform. So Instagram for me is a very social marketing platform. So my information that goes onto Instagram is different than my Instagram, my information that goes onto LinkedIn. So I mean, some of it is duplicated, but in general, what I put on Instagram is more of a visual marketing of my tips and tricks. Um, On LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a business website. So I only post business-related things about my company. It's less, I'm not going to say it's less personal because everything I do, there's a veil of like, there's, it's, there's no veil. Like, it's like, this is who I am. Like, take it away to like me or don't, you know? Um, but on LinkedIn, it is for me, it is 
it is where my business network lies. It's the people who I generally am transacting with um, in a business sense. So I'm not categorizing it as like, oh, I don't put up any of the stuff like my friends would see on LinkedIn. It's just like LinkedIn has a purpose. It is a business, business to business platform. And I use it as such. So but my question is, uh, it's, I, I get that, but my question is really who the people, you know, mm-hmm. the people that you put it on the different platforms. So am I, are we going to use LinkedIn for a business friend? Because I don't want to say that because you said don't categorize your friend, right? And am I going to use Instagram with my social net, social friend? I mean, I think it depends on where your friends are. So okay. all of my friends are... Yeah, it's just like all of my friends are on Instagram, but not all of them are on LinkedIn, you know? Um, so I think it just depends on what platform your friends are on. Like, but again, for me, I post different things on the platforms. For me, they are not the same platform. Instagram is very much a marketing social platform and LinkedIn is very much a business to business platform. Awesome. So I think that that, that that answered that question. So now let's go back to uh, when you network in, how does your reputation work with networking, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, you made somebody, maybe because I mean, you just talked about earlier, do some preparation. So when mm-hmm. you're preparing, maybe you learn about them, maybe they learn about you. So how does your reputation work when you when you network in? So, so it's a, it's a huge, deep, multi-layered question. Um, we are, I mean, I always say like, what will people say if somebody is, goes into a room and like, they say, oh, do you know, Julie Brown? Like, what is the response? And do they know me? What are they, what, how do they feel? Like, what kind of feeling do I make them have? Um, when they describe who I am, that's part of your reputation. The other part is say, they don't know me. And then they Google me what shows up. So there's this reputation of people who know you. How do you make them feel? You know, um, what feelings do they get when they think of you? And then there's your online reputation. So for me, having a name, Julie Brown, is a very generic name. And by the way, I love your name. I've told you that before. (laughs) It's a very, I don't want to use the word simple. It's a very generic name great name (laughs) so I could easily in a in a big in well in a medium-sized city like Boston I could get lost in a Google search Mm. so I have taken the time over the six years that I've owned my company to really define what my footprint is online so if somebody googles Julie Brown Boston what I own like the Google page that come like all of the results that come back. So one of the things that will come up is my website. The other thing that will come up second, if you don't own your own website, um, your website will come up first. If you don't own your own website, the first thing that will come up is your LinkedIn will come up. Um, so what does my website look like? What does my LinkedIn say about me? And then what is else is out there. So the next ones will be articles that have been written about me, um, awards that I've received, like 
all of those things add to my online reputation. So what can you do to increase your online reputation? Really easy way is to have a bio on your company website. Like even if you don't own your own company, having a, a really nice bio on your company website. The second thing would be like beef up that LinkedIn profile because that's where people, that's the first place people are going to go to Google you is LinkedIn. And then what other things have you can, like where have you contributed what you do, like what you do, what your genius zone is, what, you, what you're known for, where other places have you contributed? Have you written articles? Have you been on podcasts? Like what would come up? These are all layers of social proof around your reputation that 100% feeds into your ability to network effectively because people, I'll, I'll get emails from people that say, I heard your name and I Googled you and knew I had to meet you. Like, so like, what is that? social proof you have out there. That's a big part of building your network is for people to be able to look online and say, I want to know that person. Awesome. I love, I love it. So let's talk about tips and trick, you know, cause I mean, you're the expert on networking. If you can share some tip and trick for us <laughs> on starting on the, let's talk about the preparation because I think you, you kind of like map out a great way let's talk about the preparation and let's talk about what kind of event to go to okay. and also maybe the follow-up so, so there's a trick start there's a couple of things to understand is most people don't give themselves credit for the size of the network that they already have so first things first is to discover how many or remind yourself how many people you already know so if you made a list of all of your friends, your family, your friends of family, you know, college um, friends that you, you know, college alumni of people that you still are in touch with, um, people that are in organizations that you are involved in, like make a list of all the people you know, that is your existing network. And there's already power there. So when we think about networking, we always think about growing our network we also have to think about nurturing the relationships that we already have. So make a list of all the, the people you already know, look at it and say, how good have I been at nurturing these relationships? Are there people on this list I haven't talked to in three, four years? Well, let's rectify that. Let's go back and reestablish some of the relationships that you might have let go over the years for whatever reason. So start with your existing network because you already have them. The second thing would be, um, if you want to meet new people, a really good way of meeting new people is asking your existing network for strategic introductions, like we just talked about. So go out to your network and say, I'm trying to grow my network. I understand the, um, the importance of building a network and what it will do for my career. Is there anybody in your network you think it would be beneficial for me to meet and to know? and then ask if they'd be willing to make that introduction. The third thing is, is like having organizations to go to and events um, and really start building a community within the industry that you are in. So for me, I belong to a number of industry organizations. And when I say I belong to them, I also dedicate my time to them. I sit on boards or committees and I am diligent about making relationships within those organizations. So pick an organization within your industry that you know will offer you two or three events every month where you'll get to see the same people 
and start building relationships with those people. So if you're going to go to an event, sometimes they put the attendee list online. Like I just signed up for an event for next Tuesday and all of the uh, attendees are already on the website. So like, they're like, this is who's attending. So I can look and be like, oh my God, I haven't talked to her in forever. I want to make sure I see her. I haven't talked to him in forever. I want to make sure I chat with him. Oh my God, I, I heard of this person's name. Let me reach out in advance and say, oh, I see you're going to the luncheon next week. I hear your name all the time. I hope we have a chance to meet there. Like doing these little things in advance, like a networking event is never the event. It's what you do in preparation before, it's what you do when you're there, and it's the follow-up you have afterwards. Awesome. I, I think you you did a great resume. I wanted to ask a follow-up question on what do you do to, because you mentioned about nurturing, which is something that, you know, the fact that we don't take stock of who do we already have on our networking mm -hmm. list. So what are the best practices nurturing our mm -hmm folks that we already know right now because I feel like sometimes it's you reach out to people only when you need them I don't think that's a good vibe you know so how do you tired of that you know people will get tired of that if you were the person who only reaches out when you need something so, so what are the best practices to nurture yeah. with folks you know especially now that we all remote and uh, we have tools and uh, technology to help us with that so we have a lot of tools. We have customer relationship management databases. We have our own, you know, databases of people that we can look at and say, okay, when was the last time I talked to this person? When was the last time I talked to this person? The truth is it all goes back to the beginning conversation we had about who are you versus what do you do? Because if you know something about somebody, you know what their interests are, what is important to them, what they have coming up in their life, it gives you a reason to reach out to them. Everybody says like, I don't know how to follow up. I don't know how to reach back out if it's been a couple of years since I talked to somebody. The easiest way to reach out to somebody if you haven't talked to them, if you've lost you know, a connection for some reason or another is just, just to send them an email or pick up the phone or send them a text and say, I was thinking about you. Like five words, five words will bridge any gap. I was thinking about you. And it, you don't have to give a reason, but if you want to, you could say, I heard this song. It made me think of you. I read this article. It made me think of you. I heard this podcast. It made me think of you. I read this book. The character reminded me of you. Like any reason to reach back out. There are some relationships that we have that do not need as much work as other relationships. There are relationships where you have to be in contact with that person a lot in order to maintain that connection. But then there's relationships like one of my best friends lives in Chicago. I haven't seen her in three years. Do I feel like I'm, she's not my best friend? No. And I'm going to go see her in two weeks because finally we get to go see each other. But like when I see her, I, and I met her through networking, I met her in a networking event. Um, when we see each other, we'll just pick up right where we left off. So you have to understand that, yes, there are some relationships that will need more effort than others. And when you are building a relationship, yes, you're going to need to give a little bit more in the beginning stages of building that relationship. But once it's strong and that tether is there, maintaining it is a little less, you know, now I don't want to say time consuming because that's not, that sounds negative, but you have the ability to pick back up where you left off. That's great. Now we want to switch gear and talk about you. What I, <laughs> you have been giving us a lot of great feedback. And I know a couple of the things th thing that I know about you is you love wine and you love traveling. Mm -hmm. So 
have you met anybody through networking you know while traveling is there any any benefit yeah. in that yeah it's so fun I have this funny story where I was laying on a beach in Jamaica this was a number of years ago and I was laying on a beach in Jamaica and I always talk to everybody that's I mean that's how I am if you're not reading a book or have your headphones on like I'm, I'm gonna talk to you you know <laughs> And so I started talking to this older couple that was sitting next to me and uh, I, we started talking about where we were from and everything. And I said, I was from Boston. And he said, oh, my son's from Boston. And I said, I said, we started talking about the industries there. And he says, oh, my son's an engineer. And I was like, I immediately knew I knew, would know who his son is because I know everybody here in Boston. And so I was like, oh, what's your son's name? And he said, Scott. And I pulled him up in my contacts. I go, this Scott? And he goes, yeah. And we took a selfie, like me and his dad took a selfie and like texted it to him. And he was like, how are you on a beach with my dad? Like, I love these stories. Like, and I, I have other stories where, you know, I'll meet some person, you know, on vacation and we're still friends. It's just, again, I don't, I don't believe that there's a right place for you to build friendships or there's only a place you can meet people that will change your life. Like it's everywhere if you're open to it. I love that story because I have like similar story and I knew that you were going to have that because it's like when you network because I just I met a friend in uh, Key West a couple of years ago and she literally changed my life and I like to talk about that story because it was just the swimming suit that I was wearing that she loved Mm -hmm. and we start talking she started asking me about my family my kid how many kids I had and I was going through some infertility issue and she literally just sat there and pray for me you know like had a very heartwarming conversation from a like a total stranger and we spent the next two days because we're living this staying the same resort spend the next two days having a dinner together as a family and hanging out and we've been in contact she lives in Sweden I mean she lives in Sweden but she'd work in Japan so I'm like looking forward to go visit her at one of those locations so I totally know that it's possible and um the label because I read a book a couple of years ago that kind of like changed my life because you know there's a lot of book about introvert you know networking right everybody always talk about and I think you should write a book for extrovert networking extroverts sure trap (laughs) just zip it up a little bit but I read a book uh, don't um, never eat alone you know eat alone but Keith Ferrazzi exactly first it was the first business book I ever read and I still to this day think it changed I read it in 2004 it changed the way I do business yeah I think I read it the same year actually 2004 2005 and it really changed my perspective and that's the reason why you know I never felt like you know I'm not good at networking I just felt like maybe I don't network like the way the society expected because I've met a lot of people that are kept in contact with in a very different setting. So I really want to share that with our audience that, you know, anywhere you go in the grocery store, wherever you are, that's an opportunity to meet people. No. And it's like, even now with the pandemic, you and I have never met in person. We've never been in the same room. And yet we have maintained this friendship and this relationship because we were in a podcasting group together, like a right. podcast, you know, we, to a six week lesson. And yeah. I think about all the people that were in that group that I'm still friends with, it's, you don't think about it as networking. I didn't because it's relationship building, but here I am sitting on your podcast and other people have been on my podcast. And I, I just don't 
categorize it as one or the other. Totally, totally love it. So let's ask uh, you, what do you do to up your confidence every day? This is my favorite question of uh, of uh, of the podcast. So for me, I so for me, it's movement. So I start every morning with a run every single morning. And it's the time. Even when you're traveling? Because I know you travel. Traveling. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was in Virginia the past two days giving a speech and I had gone, it was, I'd gone running in the morning before my flight and then I got to Virginia and it was so beautiful. I just went for another run because I felt like I had to clear my head. Double, double the run. And how many miles are you running? doesn't matter. I mean, it's like I used to I used to be a marathon runner and I try not to even look at my watch and wonder how many miles I did. I go by how my body feels. So yesterday I ran for an hour that my body just felt good today. I think I ran for 45 minutes. I don't I just go by what my body feels like. But for me, having that time every morning by myself, being able to move and sweat and think just on my own before I start the day, like that, I don't, I don't think that I'd have a good day if I didn't do that in the morning, you know? So are you listening to music, anything when you're running or is it just quiet? I don't usually listen to a true crime podcast. <laughs> I do do some of the Peloton outdoor um, runs. So okay. Peloton outdoors, download them. And listen to those while I'm running because those are very motivational and fun to listen to. So what I try to do is like, if I think I'm going to run for like 45 minutes, I'll do like a 20 minute Peloton run and then I'll put a true crime podcast for 25 minutes after it. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm super, I'm always interested in what people do. What are your confidence habits? So that, that really help you set the tone for your day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And the second thing that I think for me that I need is... I need to be learning every day. And I think that's part of doing a podcast is we are inherently, we want to learn. We want to talk to people. So for me, every day, if if I can read an article that I get something out of, or I can have a conversation like this, that I get something out of it, like that for me makes me feel like a well-rounded person. That's awesome. Awesome. That's that's totally a goal. So you do that every day. I try. Okay. That's, I run every day. I don't always read an article every day or whatever. I try. I try. I'm sure you do. Cause that, that's, that's something that I always find myself doing. Cause I mean, when I go to like on a website and I find something, I kind of like bookmark it. And then in the oh. evening I go back and read it, you know, on LinkedIn or whatever social media that I'm looking at. So that's totally, but I never thought of it like a way to, you know, make it a habit. It's just something that, you know, I added as my learning. So that's well, cool. So for it's great for networking. So if you read an article, say you read an article every day and whatever, whatever you want, you know, whatever magazine or platform or whatever, you can always say in a networking situation, I just read this great article today. Oh, Oh. tell me about it. Like, and there you go. And so dopamine question. (laughs) I did this, um, Yesterday, when I was in Virginia, when I got there for my speech, there was a networking thing. First, now all these women knew each other, and I didn't know any of them. And I had read this great article, which I don't know if I'm going to try it, but it's this it's this woman who wrote this book called 24-6. And it's about taking 24 hours away from electronics every single week. So 24-6. And it was oh. about 
that I think I heard it, but I heard about it. Okay. And I was thinking like, maybe that might would be Sunday. I think I heard so, about it. Yeah. So I, you know, when I was talking to people, I was like, so I just read this great article called 24 six. Let me tell you about it. Do you think you could do it? And we had this great conversation <laughs> about like, Oh, what day of the week could we do it? Okay. It can't be a work week. So it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. Like what about Sunday football? Like we, we it was oh, Monday. <laughs> such a great conversation. So like, for me, that gives me confidence knowing that I'll always have something topical or interesting to discuss. Yes. I, I love that. And that's something that I've heard people tell me that I know you, you're the one that like to do research, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm having this issue. Tell me more. And I'm like, tell you more Google, but I, 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 th- <laughs> machine. I, I thought that was like a nice compliment to me. Like, Oh, I'm already the one researching things. Cause I mean, you tell me about, like you told me earlier about Barbados or something. I'm going to go research. Like, why does she like to go there? You know, why is she going there again? It's just, mm-hmm. That, that kind of person so it's good that you tied it up to like it make you network with confidence I love it any other one I think those are my main two another thing is and and this may sound this may sound whatever but um my husband like so Warren Buffett wrote an article uh, a few years ago that said the most successful people in the world have one thing in common and that one thing is their husband or their wife or their life partner is invested in their success and allows them to be successful. Amen to that. (laughs) So I would say that I know that I can't live the life I have without my husband being invested in my success. Like I was gone for 48 hours to do a one hour speech. Like now we don't have children, but we have two very needy dogs. If anybody has German short hair pointers, then you, you know how needy they are. So for the 48 hours that I'm gone, he has to make sure he's walking them multiple times a day and he's taking care of whatever's happening in the house and whatnot. And so his way of being invested in my success is allowing me to always be on the road. So think about that. Like, is your person should make you feel confident in your ability to be successful and your ability to do what you need to be successful. And you have to, it's not a one-way street. You have to do it for that person too. So totally. It's like your support system. You know, it's like your respiratory, your support, your support system. I I love, I love that. I love, I love that. Totally. I love that. Thank you. This was super great. Do you want to leave any last tips? What do you want to leave to our listener before we sign out today? Best way to network with confidence. If you haven't had enough, Julie Brown, you know, you, (laughs) I have my own podcast. You can check out the podcast. This shit works or my book on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble also called this shit works. I'm constant. I, I'm doing it for me, but I'm also doing it for the listeners. I'm constantly trying to figure out how to just like yourself, how to bring good content to people that will help their lives and their careers. Yes. And I'm surprised, Julie, you didn't say anything about wine. Wine doesn't help mm. you up your confidence. <laughs> I don't know. Wine is like, we'll make anybody do anything. You know, I can dance, I can sing, I can like, I should definitely like shake my butt. I know you are, you love wine and you love a good cocktail because you always have a cocktail in your, in your podcast. So I'm surprised that was not on the list. I was waiting for that. My friends really love helping me try to figure out the cocktail of the week. 
I'm I'm always when I'm listening to your podcast because when I I go walk I have like all these podcasts that I listen I'm always like looking forward to like what is a cocktail and yeah. I thought I thought this was a brilliant idea like brilliant like I will do something like that but I don't have the confidence and <laughs> being doing research all the time because my cocktail is something that I just I just come up with it you know it's like my inspiration of the week of the moment you know so, so next week next week's next week's the 17th yeah yeah so next week's cocktail is super fun my friend Todd picked it out I can't give anything away yet though <laughs> mm, yeah so definitely I'm sure those cocktails really up your confidence because uh, they're always a great cocktail I feel bad the next morning <laughs> you know you're like oh my god what do I do <laughs> keep you keep you stable all the time so thank you so much Julia this was fun you gave us a lot of uh great information and you really debunk what is networking which i really love you know because it's kind of like a a, a very a, a very taboo subject sometimes like how do you network so you just say make this shit work you know make it easy and then yeah. trust yourself so it's just meeting people and building relationships yeah you make it you make it seem so simple and it, it is actually super simple mm-hmm. so yep. thank you Explore West Africa with us. Explore beautiful West Africa with this square adventure that is traveling with purpose. You want to make an impact with your traveler? Join us. We make it possible for you, our guests, to enjoy and discover three amazing West African destinations, Benin, Togo, Ghana. We offer an upscale experience, a beachfront, four-star and plus resort style accommodation for 10 days. If you're an African-American in search of your African route, or you're passionate or curious about Africa, its culture, history, food, and people, this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. What awaits you? Sightseeing, local markets, festivals, local food tasting. Go to our website, www.cisqueadventure.com Africa is just a sign up away from you. The countdown starts now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed the conversation and find it inspiring or educational, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues because sharing is caring. And when you up your confidence, your friends will up their confidence too. Leave us a review and also follow our Facebook page, Up Your Confidence. We are growing and excited to continue the conversation. You can always DM or email your host on Instagram at Z Square 4 and Z Square on all other social media, or visit her website at zsquarecorner.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, remain blessed, and up your confidence every day.